This is a podcast. We talk about running. We talk about other things too. So please come and join us. We hope you enjoy this. This is on the back foot. Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Back Foot and um, with me, Alistair Wood. Uh, joining me in the studio today, we have Jamie Rutherford. Hello. Bart Shaw. Hello. And Charlie Baker. He's on mute. <laughs> He's on mute, okay. He's on mute. So this, this sums everything quite well. He did say hello and he did wave at everybody. <laughs> Charlie, you're, you're on mute, Charlie. No, mute. Hello? <laughs> Okay, well, we'll carry on without Charlie. At some point, you might, we might be able to hear Charlie. Um, I was about to, actually, ironically, I was about to ask Charlie how his day's been, but um, he'll have to do it through interpretive dance or something so we can see what's going on. But It looks, it looks like Charlie's been out for a run, which is very brave considering how hot it's been today. I, I yeah. haven't even bothered going out. I've had a rest day, which I'm quite, quite thankful mm. for, to be honest. I've had Whatever. two rest, hot, two rest days day in a row for me. He's yeah. just all gone very quiet. That's my problem. Oh, he's here. There we go. Hello. <laughs> and Charlie Baker. <laughs> so I presume, Charlie, you've just finished a run and have got back to your car. Uh, it's a bit more complicated than that. <laughs> um, can, we, can we delve or is it, is it not um, podcast friendly? Oh, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, it'll test your interviewing skills, I guess. You can, 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 I ask, can I ask where you are, Charlie? Are you okay? You're not in a hostage situation <laughs> or anything? Yeah, I'm much happier now because I'm actually in my car. I'm uh, parked up near Totley Moor. Um, I, I've just cycled here. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the running podcast. <laughs> so, so that's Charlie Baker. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Tell us a bit more, Charlie. Stop keeping us waiting and, and tell us what you're doing. <laughs> okay, uh, where do I start? This is a problem. I'll, I'll take about half an hour to tell you this now. Um, I went for a run with a friend today. Uh, the idea was to just nip a little hour in, be back for six. I left my house at ten past four. Um, and Decided it'd be nice to get out of the city, so decided to drive up to uh, yeah the, the edge of town and run up through Totley. We had the windows down and we had we had uh, masks and marks out in the back. It's all right. Uh, we'll edit that bit out. Yeah, we'll edit that bit out. <laughs> you had separate cars and you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, his knee was playing up, so I I I decided to make myself the route master, which is never a good thing. <laughs> and tried to keep it relatively flat. So we went up, up the road from Guildfield Wood. Um, that's where I parked by the bus stop and along Totley Moor. Then we went along to Stony Ridge Road, turned left on to Whitemore, my right here. Keep going. We did. Uh, kept going across there onto Big Moor. And I got to this crossroad and I thought, right, if I want to get back in an hour, I quite possibly should go left now, but I'll carry straight on, and then maybe there is a, a, a little nip back across Big Moor, back to sort of Ola Bar and back down over Topping Moor. The good thing with Big Moor is that it's it's really small, isn't it? 
Clues <laughs> <laughs> in the name, Baker. <laughs> Don't keep going. It's a big moor. <laughs> so, yeah, so we got, got a bit into that. And I kind of promised um, my girlfriend that I'd be back for about six o'clock because she's on nights. So I thought, right, I'm stressing here. I'll, uh, let's try and get across big moor. I said to Mark, I said, I've done this once before and not had much success. And uh, that didn't seem to put him off. So off we went following this trod that we were really excited about for all of about 15 metres. And then it turned into nothing and tussocks and bogs. And we get about 10 minutes into it and I feel something on my shoe and it's my shoelaces come undone. But then I thought, why something's just hit my foot? And I just checked my pocket. I thought, wonder where... Oh, no. So I've lost my car key on Big Moor. And then I've, I've gone... We, 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 we've kind of carried on the route, but like Mark's noticed, I've lost a little bit of confidence. So I've let him choose the next two turns. And I'm quite mortified because Mark had also promised someone that he'd be back for six o'clock. And that was fast becoming a negative. We're never going to find the key on there. So then I've started. I don't know why Mark has left me in charge at this point. Like, I don't know why I'm still making plans. I mean, I would have just, yeah, well. So I, my plan A was to get to the car and find that I'd left the key by the car like a total muppet. Unfortunately, I hadn't. So the plan B, if that wasn't true, was to run on to my good friends, Steve and Sarah, and pray that they're not out in the peaks because they normally are about this time. And then maybe we could get a lift home and then, or well, just get even money for the bus, whatever. I don't know. Just get there. That would be helpful because then I could text a retreat to say why, why, <laughs> why I was absent. <laughs> so then, I guess then you got back home, got the spare key, and then now you've ridden back up to get the car. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Good man. The, the, there is potential for getting your keys back, mate, because I lost my car keys on Stanage Edge um, yeah. about six years ago. Um, we were actually, it was on a, a shot run, one of the front runner runs we led. And I got back to the car, having, I think we parked at the North for Arms, got back to the car and found I'd lost my keys. And oh, I'd obviously God. taken my phone out mid run to take some photos for the shop mm. Instagram and stuff. And I was like, they were in that pocket. I must have pulled them out at the same time. So left. So then, I think I say this was the middle of the night in the winter, and um, it was snowing and everything. So Steve gave me a lift home. Funny enough, Steve was there. He gave me a lift home and rescued me. The next morning, I then rode my bike up onto Stanage at about six in the morning, locked my bike up, and then just ran up and down Stanage Edge about twelve times, and then found my keys. They were nestled no. in some heather in the snow. And I was, wow. I was, I think, I think I did about a 12 mile run just shuttling up and down Stanage Edge, um, <laughs> where we were the previous night, and I managed to find my keys. So, yeah, I you know, I've, I've found you know where you went. Win. There's there's potential. You've just got to retrace it. I, I lost my phone up on Stone Edge and got and went back the day after and found that just still sitting in the same place, just like Ali said, just on 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 some heather or something, surrounded by sheep. And I reckon if you go out tomorrow, dude, I'm not sorry, I'm, take a metal detector. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not at work tomorrow. I can go out and start, hit me the Strava link. I'll just go and rerun the route a few times for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, oh, yeah, I'll hit you the link. It's uh, you get to this trig and then. Yeah, the issue just... is Charlie doesn't know where he was when he lost them, so we don't <laughs> know where they are. 
That was great, Charlie. Loved it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot of stories out there. I mean, it's quite funny. I had the orthodontist today, and I, uh, I've got a funny story about the orthodontist. And my mate goes, oh, you never miss the orthodontist. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that as a teaser. Tune <laughs> uh, in uh, next week <laughs> to hear about Charlie Baker's visit to the orthodontist. <laughs> I guess. How is everyone's about? How's your day been anyway, mate? What have you been up to? Been working, but I did get out for a run early this morning before it got hot. Um, well, what time did you go out? How how early is an early morning run? Mm, good question. So I'm I'm the worst for early morning runs. Uh, I don't like them at all. Uh, but I was up at I was up at about seven today. Oh, it was nice. still quite hot. I see. That's interesting because I'm a massive advocate of early morning stuff, or at least morning stuff. I find I get so much more out of it and I've got so much more um, kind of psych to get out in the morning than I do in the evenings or after work. I, I, I'm very much a morning morning exerciser. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to cheapen the, cheapen the podcast, but if you're doing an early morning run, like how, how much time difference do you leave in between getting up and going for a run? Because I find that if I get up and run straight away, I struggle in the bathroom department. So you have to get up even <laughs> earlier if you're doing an early morning run because it's like it just gets worse and worse and worse. Oh, I'm like, I'm okay for that. The worst if I've had any food, that's the worst. I can't have any food beforehand. So can if you I just go out and then get out the door and run? Yeah. Oh, no, I, need to, I need to. I give myself like half an hour. Yeah, half an hour, and, and, and allow for um, movements. <laughs> I am. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it was good this morning. And actually I was, I've been quite, so I'm not a natural, I'm not an early, early morning person at all. Uh, I don't feel that psych or love for it first thing. And I do in the evenings, but I can, I've been working out how to try and fit a bit more running into my day, particularly when the evenings are so nice mm. at the moment. And I want to go out and do stuff with Rach or go out climbing in the evening. So I, I figured I should try and wean myself onto some early morning running. And I'm slowly getting into it. But I think the key, the, the key is in that word slowly. I can only do it if I go out for a slow run. I can't do anything fast in the morning. Yeah, 100%. I, I've, the last couple of weeks, I've d- had done, a, done a couple of early morning runs. And I think it's exactly like you said. It's just a case of, it's not, it's, yeah, definitely not any like sessions I think you're still, you're still waking up, whether you get up and run or whether, like me and Ali, you get up, have a little bit of bathroom time and then run. You're still, you're still very much like sluggish. Yeah. And it is, it, but it's, it's kind of, it feels almost like a cheat run or a freebie run because you can go yeah. out. You don't, have to, you don't have to smash it, but you can get out. I, I feel like, yeah, like you say, I feel like you're on a cheat mode almost because hardly anyone's about, I guess, depending on what time. I think that the earliest that I've been out the last couple of weeks has been like just just before seven, quarter to seven kind of thing. And so it's still pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah. Even though, even though it's light, it still feels early. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, I, I, think, I think there's no, nothing better in the world, personally for me, than that feeling as you're finishing your morning run and people are only just getting out of the house to go and do something. Yeah, and I feel as I kind of it sounds dreadful. I've got like one up on them. I'm like, well, I've already done a run. Like, I feel great about it. Like, I'm I'm, like ahead on the day. And then Um, going into work, like I know, um, 
Ali, you, you know, you're, you're like in, you've got days in the office, so quite a hectic schedule. I know Charlie, again, you've been back in work. I know Bart, you're doing more stuff from home, but I've been back in work kind of like full time. And it, it definitely feels like easier almost taking on what could be a potentially busy or like hard, hard day when you're like, actually, I've already got up and achieved something yeah. pretty cool already. I've run three miles, four miles, whatever. And then whatever the rest of the day throws at you kind of feels pretty achievable. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It really sets me up mentally more than anything, I think, for the day. And yeah, like you say, you, you go into the office or wherever you're working and you, you kind of already switched on yet. Your brain's going already, so... I'm concerned the answer might be yes, but um, am I a bit of a freak then in the fact that I have quite enjoyed some morning sessions and <laughs> I've actually really quite enjoyed getting out early and, and cranking it. No, not at all. And do it if you can. Like I, I think I think it's yeah. I think it's wicked if you can um, summon up the motivation. And I guess I suppose it's quite a good simulator if you're doing races because I know like a lot of road road races, especially. We'll start earlier. I guess fell races don't always start that early doors because you don't have to worry quite as much about road closures. But yeah, on race day, I tend to get up. So this is my question. This is actually a serious question here, Charlie. So if you're doing a session first thing in the morning before work or what have you, how do you how do you fuel that? So for me, if I'm racing, say it's a ten o'clock kickoff, I will get up at six, have breakfast. And yeah. then, because I need like if I've if I've eaten within two or three hours of running hard, I'm not going to describe it for the listener. In Movements. I'm going to okay, leave it well, leave it to your imagination. So how do you manage that? There's a couple of things. I first of all clarify that I definitely am not a nutritional expert, nor should anyone at home try my diet. That's funny because I thought when you were talking about Twix's Snickers and Six Leaves of Coffee, very nutritional expert. <laughs> this is the man, dear listener, who had a Frey Bentos birthday cake this year. <laughs> Go on, nutrition tips from Charlie Bates. Two days. <laughs> um, so I've found that I'm all right with a coffee and a banana for a, for a morning run. And I kind of think that if I've had a bit of carbohydrates the night before, yeah. then they should still be hopefully in the system. Um, I'm rather light, full of caffeine and quite happy. And, and I mean, I guess the thing is I would never force a morning session. I'd always go into it with the mentality of, oh, it's the morning, it's bound to be slower and just ease into it, which is probably really good for me. Um, and yeah, so I think nutritionally it's just just a banana and give it, 20 minutes to settle i mean i'm i'm pretty expert at fasting so i can i can fast for 20 minutes or so before i go for my run and then yeah that's that's tended to work work well for me um or you could even even take a gel i mean just you know just treat it like it's a race if if you want to get something in you just mentally to maybe even physically to to fuel you around how many um, how many coffees do you recommend charlie <laughs> I, I tend to actually only have one first thing in the morning i've i've uh, learned one coffee previous... what is the volume of that one coffee charlie can you clarify <laughs> further one i'm not coffee. measuring it i'm not measuring it. medium maybe you should measure it <laughs> maybe that would solve a lot of issues <laughs> uh, yeah uh, I, think I was i was before in previous episodes i was <laughs> moaning probably is the right words for it 
about not really enjoying running at the moment, you know, no races to aim for. But do you know what? One of our podcast guests, Tom Beaumont, got me really like, got me really fired up. I went out and bought the book that he recommended. Which was, what, what was that again, Bart? Training for the Uphill Athlete. Um, because I've read the previous, this guy, Steve House, is an alpinist, he's a mountaineer. And he, he, he wrote the kind of the Bible for training for alpinism, called Training for a New Alpinism. So I thought, oh yeah, I'll probably, I'll be interested in what he's got to say about, uh, you know, mountain running and stuff. And anyway, the, the bit of it that struck a chord straight away is like right in the introduction, they, they, him and his co-authors are banging on about the kind of idiotic mountain runner who, as you know, they, they try and do it, but they've got no aerobic base. All their sessions and their running history is like really basically doing really fast interval, interval type sessions and uh, that they've not spent a load of time running slow. And the more I read it, the more I realised, like I started, the more my head started hanging in shame. Because <laughs> this is, I can only really get myself motivated for like sessions where I give it absolutely everything or, or races where, that are fast. And I'm like, this is why I always, always struggle in long races, particularly in the mountains. So I've got, yeah, so it's given me carte blanche to actually slow down. It's it's, it's really interesting you're saying that because obviously before lockdown happened, I was was training for the Highland Fling, which would have been my first ultra. Um, It's 58 miles. Um, And a friend of mine, Lee Kemp, um, who we all know, um, was sort of helping, hi Lee, um, was sort of helping me with my training and stuff. And that was the big thing was just run slow. You know, yeah. every even like the first month I was doing my training runs and I was like, oh, I'm taking it really steady. And then he'd look at my files and go, mate, you're still going way too hard. And yeah. it was really, really hard to kind of, like you say, switch that mindset around and actually go, oh, I am still training. And especially, I guess, my personal background, I say I do a lot of triathlon, I, I do loads of cycling and things. And even when I've done kind of Ironman distance, the majority of the training is still interval based or session based. So when you've spent the last five or six years of training, um, doing kind of going out and doing a session rather than it just being a case of just going out nice and steady, it's a really hard thing to kind of flip that switch um, in your head in terms of mindset. And actually, funnily enough, literally about 10 minutes before we hopped on here, um, I was texting a friend of mine who she's a bloody good runner, ex-lacrosse player. um, And she's just got a new coach and she's training for some long stuff and she was saying exactly that, you know, at the moment, all I'm doing is long, slow stuff and it feels really weird. I don't feel as though I'm getting anything out of it, but it's, yeah, it's just changing that mindset that it, it, you, your runs don't need to feel like your, your heart's about to pop out your mouth kind of thing, you know? I'm a total convert to zone, zone one, first thing in the morning. It's what you want. Yeah. yeah. So nice. I, I can echo that as well because I think, I, I suppose an admission for some of the listeners of the podcast is that I... I've actually got a coach, so I, you know, in an effort to try and improve my running, I've spent the bit, well, I spent the, the best part of probably ten years just doing my own kind of running. But then, oh, I think I, I thought, thought you were going to own up to how much you'd spent on your coaching. Yeah, I thought that as well. <laughs> oh Ooh. God, don't don't tell them that, Jamie. Dentists <laughs> get paid that much, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I think I think like mo- like like most of us and most runners out there, my my training's always been informed by 
um, what other people are doing, whether that's my mates or people in the club or maybe yes. what I've read in books or in, in social media. And, to, you know, to an extent it's worked well, but I, th- I kind of got to a point maybe two years or, or so ago when I was like, okay, I kind of want to see what I can do and maybe take a slightly more, I want to say scientific, but a slightly more like measured approach to it and actually mm. get someone to tell me what to do who, who has some experience of it. So, um, yeah, my, my coach really advocates training based on, on heart rate. So if, if there's specific sessions, speed sessions, fine, do it based on time or pace. You know, if I'm on the track, it's 400, you do them at a certain pace. But all of the other runs in between are on, on heart rate, like you said, but, you know, zone one, zone two, keeping it super, super chilled. And, I, and again, it felt, it felt horrific when we started um, because I think I'd spent a lot of my time just just running for enjoyment, which often means pelting, you know, especially <laughs> yeah. with pelt, pelting along the trails or thinking, okay, there's a Strava segment coming up here. I'm just going to burn it down the street. And, that, and that's great to, to an extent. It's, of course, it, it, can, it can help you to an extent. But then I think if you're doing that all the time, it's not, it's not training smart. And so, yeah, I, again, I would, I would put my hand up there and say, yeah, 100% heart rate training, running slower when you're just out on your easy runs and then running hard for the specific stuff like yeah it's and it's made a big difference i definitely notice it now and when you come to race or actually do something you feel a lot a lot fresher so yeah. yeah it's 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 bad and obviously um it depends massively on what you're training for um and also it you know it varies and um, from person to person is what works for them but i definitely find that running slow has definitely helped me and i think when it really kind of paid dividends in my eyes was two years ago 2018 I'd first started doing my running slow doing it on heart rate um I had my golden number which was 156 all my runs had to be below 156 which my heart rate goes quite high um so sometimes I'd have to walk up hills say and that's my max yeah yeah <laughs> my max goes up to like 200 it's ridiculous but so a lot of the time I was kind of doing walking stretches and it was it, I found it really really frustrating and I was like well how how am I going to be getting faster by running slower it just seems to make no sense whatsoever um and I think it was only the point at which we did the, the Dan Flask Relays, which is a, an excellent club event based in Sheffield yeah, every year. Um, basically, you run around Dan Flask Reservoir, but you're in a relay team. I think it's just over 5K. Just over 5K, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a short, intense you know, yeah. thing. And you know, I suppose the standard training for things like 5Ks is lots of track work, speed work, hills, the rest of it. And all yeah. I'd done leading up to that was long slow runs um you know nothing more than an amble and then I did it and not two and a half minutes off my best time that year um and the year previous the year previous was when I was doing some racing over in Europe triathlon and stuff and I was on the track you know three times a week um so I've gone from yeah kind of running really hard all the time and, and doing what I thought was a very good time on that race and then the year later I'd gone to just going super slow and super steady. Obviously, my, my training volume was a lot larger, which I suppose plays a role, but all of a sudden I'd gone to, yeah, to go into a, a short, sharp effort, and I was way better at it. So We're, we're, we're veering here into uh, the dangerous territory of actually, like, serious training chat. So I wanted to ask the most really, the, the, the most important question of training, which is, what do you listen to? <laughs> I, I don't listen to anything when I run. Um, and so I think we mentioned this on the end of the, the, sort of the last podcast the other week and I listen to music all the time when I'm working, when I'm in the car, um, even when I'm on the bike I'll listen to music but running I just 
I can't, I can't listen to music. It's really weird. Um, so we, I'm the same as you, but I know a lot of people. Charlie mm. definitely listens to music, don't you? And Jamie, I don't know if you do, but quite a lot of our listeners have and have sent in suggestions. Of... Yeah. So I think we're going we're gonna to read out some of these suggestions now. And Charlie, maybe if you can give a, a, a short appraisal of whether it's good, good music for running to or, or bad music for running to. Obviously, it's very subjective. So if, if, you, if you've submitted a track and it gets dissed by Charlie Baker, don't take it too personally. But you know, <laughs> what I'd like as well, Charlie, if it's possible, if, could you try and match the track to a particular session? Ooh, so, yeah, good. Good. I like it. Yeah, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. What's going to work for a kind of, you know, uh, six by a kilometre off 30 seconds rest uh, versus... <laughs> right, what, what have we got, Jamie? What have we had sent in? Yeah, I'm excited about this. Okay, so Charlie, the first track that we've got is Starlight by Muse. That's suggested by Kevin on Instagram. So what, what do you reckon? Good, good song, bad song? Oh, Kevin has cho- chosen that very well. I'd say... It's got a nice, nice sort of build to it, so that isn't going to be on an easy run. I'm saying that that could be a bit of warm-up music, maybe heading out towards the session. I'm, I'm having that on a playlist. I'd quite be quite happy with that. Wicked. Okay. And then uh, I'm, I'm just looking through. We've got uh, one of our international listeners, Simon from. Uh, he's based in Switzerland. He's suggested "Around the World" by Daft Punk. Ah. Oh. We're doing very well so far. I think we've got a lot cooler listeners than uh, <laughs> what would normally find its way onto my playlist. But yeah, another good one. Again, I think that's falling into both of these have got a bit of oomph to them. So you are thinking that there's going to be some hard work coming from you, but they're not quite the... I'd say around the, world seems like, around the World seems like a tempo, a tempo run to me. Yeah. yeah. Like that you track's know, got a very just like as well like yeah. all dark punk music. It's just got a very persistent beat, and it's yeah. yeah. Like so it's, it's not quite yeah. it's not quite a speed session, is it? But it's it's also not a, not an easy jog with with, with Enya. <laughs> so that's a that's a legit track to listen to whilst you're running. Uh, Lionel Richie, hello. Every day, actually, I um. So say I'm that again, Joey. Every day you listen to that on a run. Every day. I, I, I think about Lionel Richie every day. I, I suppose um, I, I've used I've used that song to check whether my running was easy before. So I, I actually sang it just to show oh. that my effort was relaxed enough. Just the just the intro intro verse. See this? That's actually great. I love that. That's uh, I'm going to try and do something similar because I don't run with a watch because I'm too. Uh, old to work out how to um, use it basically so I never know like what my actual effort is so I always do it based off feel so that's a really good tip I'm gonna sing and see whether I can carry on singing yeah I've 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 sang uh, I would walk 500 miles running along Stanage Edge I I hope that no one would see me because I'd be really embarrassed yet I'm telling everyone this on the podcast but like yeah it's the kind of time i just get a bit carried away a little bit excited and think oh f it hopefully no one's out here i'll just sing along with my headphones cool do we have any other tracks we did have um someone this this might go i think i know how this is going to go based on charlie's taste but uh we've got (laughs) rachel on twitter and she's um suggested uh, whitney houston how will i know oh i'm there (laughs) 
That's I, Baker I'm, written I'm, all over it. I'm quite happy using that at the track. I'm happy doing that in the gym if I'm doing a strength session. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm just happy with Whitney on wherever. Let's be honest. <laughs> it all, all sound pretty positive, really. I think we should. I think we should make. Uh, we should. If any of our listeners, I'm sorry if we've not had we've not had enough time to read everyone's out. But if any of our listeners want to keep submitting suggestions, I think we should get on the back foot. Spotify play. Me through musical hell. <laughs> Anyone else that suggested stuff which we've not read out, we'll wang it into the playlist, and uh, we can we can we can give you some more feedback online after this is launched. We've had a, we've had a short and sweet episode four, where we've we've all we've maybe learned a little bit more about some of the not so scientific principles of training. We've analysed some of the some of the best songs that you can run to, and. We've got a little bit of a taster of Charlie's teeth for things to come. So, yeah, plenty, plenty more, plenty more to, to look forward to. That's it. Well, I, th- I think we've got some um, really great guests lined up over the, the coming weeks again, haven't we, guys? So we'll um, hopefully get some more episodes out to you, to you listeners um, in the coming weeks. Um, we'll probably plan on doing a similar episode to this every now and then just because it's fun and this is kind of why we wanted to do the podcast in the first place so um every now and then there won't be a guest it'll just be us and charlie will probably be lost somewhere and turn up late again but um <laughs> it's um, yeah so we've got some guests coming up but then equally i say there'll be some other episodes chucked in there for, for good measure as well Brilliant. so thank you once again for joining us for another episode whoever you are wherever you are have a great week and we look forward to speaking with you again soon goodbye Bye. about running we talked about other things too thank you for joining we hope you enjoyed it that was on the back foot